Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am John Evan LaCroixy, and debuting on the show, I've got actor Charlie Newell. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Donovan? I'm doing good. You are an actor? I am indeed. Okay. I hope I said your name, your last name right. You nailed it. Okay, 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 okay. So, you are an actor. Let's hear a little bit about the story of how did this all come out to be? Yeah, I'll give you the abbreviated kind of version. You know, typical, of course, I did plays and stuff as a kid, right? But somewhere along the way, I I grew up in New Orleans, by the way. And uh, I was at the University of New Orleans uh, for in their acting program, uh, which is mostly theater. But at the time, New Orleans had a lot of tax incentives, much like Vancouver or Toronto, to, you know, bring films into the local economy and, and uh, Hollywood saves a buck and, you know, the local economy gets a boost and, you know, you get to make movies in different places. So during that time, you know, there was a film coming in called All the King's Men and it's had quite a stellar cast like Sean Penn, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, uh, James Gandolfini, Anthony Hopkins and so on and so forth and like Oscar winning director. So I, I, I hear this on the radio and I'm, I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. I pray one of those message in a bottle prayers like hey i would love to work with sean penn because i think he's a just a phenomenal actor and uh you know go about my business and then you know they cast it last step of it is they will do like extra or background casting i heard that on the radio and they're having a what you call a cattle call for people to just come in and you know register to be an extra or something like that mm-hmm. they still and, do and, those cattle cattle calls like for actors yeah. Yeah, and you don't necessarily have to be an actor to be a, a background, you know, extra. You're just literally like if they're filming like a stadium, then you're seated in the stadium. So it's not like you get to show your chops. And my attitude at the time, uh, quite silly when I think about it, was like, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm a, I'm a trained actor. I'm in the you know university actor program. And then that little voice in my head said, yeah, but you have no experience. So why don't you go? So I, I was like, okay, swallow the pride, show up. So it's at a mall and there's hundreds of people, of course, uh, which is why they call it a cattle call. And um, I'm in line to be, you know, talk to somebody within the casting department. And the head casting director literally picked me out of the crowd, pulled me aside. And she said, hey, we're looking for a body double and a uh, stand-in for Sean Penn. And you are his height, you're his you know, coloring and, and kind of what we need. Would, would that be of interest to you? And I was just like, what? Are you kidding me? You know, you'll have to commit to four months. And I was like, I'm in. Three days later, I show up on set and in walks Sean Penn, Jude Law, and James Gandolfini. And I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. I'm just a little New Orleans boy, right? But I'm watching them and it's like being like a stand-in. You, you are seeing them act up close. And then when they step out to go to wardrobe or makeup or something, you literally take the place of that actor. So I would take Sean Penn's place and then the actor and the cinematographer would get in my face and they'd light me and, and just watching the process and then watching the actors work and, and not in an arrogant way. I thought to myself, man, I can do this at this level. I know I can. So fast forward, you know, the, the politics of the movie set are keep your mouth shut, show up on time, be polite. Don't be a, a jerk, right? And um, I did that and I showed up one morning and the assistant director said, hey, there's a van waiting for you that we're going to give you a line in the film. And I was just like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. So long story short, they gave me a line in the film and a very like pinnacle point in the film too, with Sean Penn. 
Now they wind up cutting my line. So it's like, that's the other side of the business. I had to learn that it can, <laughs> I don't know. It can be a brutal business and I learned that fast, but Hey, I got my SAG card and I, I got to work in a scene with Sean Penn and Mark Ruffalo. And I was like, this, this is great. Mm-hmm. Now, so, how should an actor take that when that does happen to them? They're on this big cast, big set. And all of a sudden the line or the scene is cut. Yeah. Um, I, I think obviously disappointment is there because they don't tell you like, Oh, we're cutting your line. You know, good luck. It's like, I found out when the movie came out, I was like, Oh, okay so that didn't make it but you know what there is a a bevy of i think um there's a bevy of actors who that johnny depp i think his first film was platoon and nobody knows that because he's not in it Mm -hmm. because they cut him out of it so you learn that this is just part of the business right uh right. so a dose of humility and and just picking yourself up and dusting yourself off and mm. moving forward mm-hmm. now tell us what a sag actor is because there might be listeners that heard this word sag actor sag actor yeah and they're hearing it a lot because of what's going on right now in hollywood with four almost five months of a strike that's correct so um stands for screen actors guild of course now it's sag after we merged with the uh, film and, you know, television was a separate union at one time, but it, it, it's a union, just like the WGA is the Writers Guild Union, right? So what you're seeing right now unfold is a strike of both the actors and the writers to um, basically be fairly compensated by, you know, the Producers Guild, the AMPTP, right? So yeah, that's, that's what's happening. To kind of summarize it, the producers and, and executives on the you know that side of tv and film have been making just gazillions of dollars where actors and writers the the actual creators are being cut out of you know the financial incentives like getting residuals and things like that you can literally be a a writer a creator of a show get a million views and not make a million dollars which is astounding if you think about it wow meanwhile you know the head of warner brothers i think in the last couple years has made somewhere in the neighborhood of I don't know, 400 million. Wow. (laughs) So it's like, let's just get some fairness here, right? Um, Seems like it's all greed, though. Well, obviously, yeah, that's a big, big part of it. It's like... (laughs) No, but some people won't understand, right? Some of the listeners, well, to me, it seems like greed. Well, you know, you take an actor like in my position, it's like, I I cannot make a full-time living off of this at this point. And I've been on TV and I've been in films and things like that. Uh, I have have a commercial callback right after this call, and that's all great and dandy, and I, I love it and, and whatnot. But it's like very few people, you know, actors can actually make a living with this uh, to begin with. That's number one, and number two, it's like even the ones who are quote unquote made it, like you wrote a TV show, you're getting it produced on one of the streamers, you could still struggle financially, and that is outrageous. Wow. Out- I saw, you know, what's his name? Uh, Aaron Paul, who played Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad. This is one of the most successful shows in the history of television, right? He gets no residuals from that. Zero. None. That is out. None. Oh, my gosh. This is why we're striking. There just has to be some fairness. We're not all living in mansions in, you know, uh, the Hollywood Hills. It's like I live in Georgia now with my family. I have three kids in a house and stuff. So a little different situation. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's your message? What do you want to tell the listeners right now where they want the strike to end? But of course, the listeners are in support with you guys. I would say, you know, find a way to express that support. Because look, I'm a fan of TV and film too, right? I'm, I'm sure listeners here are streaming their favorite shows. And, and this is literally grinding them to a halt because there has to be equality, right? Um, there has to be a line in the sand with the, the producer side and the executive side. I'm not going to say that that's not important, but the compensation is tilted one way extremely unfairly. And that should not be the case. That should not be the case that I'll do. Guys, think you guys will go back to the table. There's a little birdie saying that you guys might go back to the table, but it's still looking unlikely that the strike will end anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, I saw a rumble in that, and that comes up every now and then. But you know, you got to consider who you're dealing with too. You're dealing with, you know, some farty older guys who are not creatives. They don't know what it's like on this side. They are business men and women who they just see bottom line. And, and then another reason why we're striking is the whole AI thing, right? Yes. Um, so as an actor specifically, they're trying to implement, you know, clauses that essentially can say, we will own your image in, in perpetuity. So we can hire you once and then use your image whenever we want and you get nothing out of that. And that is total baloney. Yeah, that's wicked. (laughs) Or, you know, they're saying they're going to use, you know, AI to write shows, which I think is laughable if you've ever played with the, uh, you know, chat GPT thing. It's it's not there. But yeah, it's something that we have to implement as protection for uh, the creatives in this industry, for sure. Mm -hmm. But can't they write good shows and good content, AI and chat GPT? I don't think so. No, I mean, like I said, I've I've engaged with ChatGPT, and it's like it kind of regurgitates. You know, it's just it's just combing the web and putting a lot of jargon together, and it doesn't really dig into the. There's no way that it can capture the emotionality of the human soul and put that into a script. There's no way. Mm-hmm. But why aren't we living in a digital age? Yeah, and I, I think it's it has a place as a tool. Right. Alongside, like I used it to update my resume one time. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, But I think it's just that it's just a tool. It's not an actual creative source. But we're moving into a time now where that will be the source. And this is why you guys are fighting, because I can take Charlie's image and use it for a TV show or a movie. Yep. I mean, until the robots kill us all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) all right now did you want to talk about something that you're in dynasty and no it's not driven by ai listeners (laughs) yeah yeah so um my journey i don't know where i left off but like you know after king's man i went to new york did like the indie scene and you know i didn't know what i was doing basically uh got married and at one point told my wife, I was like, if I'm ever going to make a real go at this, I need to go to L.A. We go to L.A., we move to L.A. And um, I'm like, well, now, now what the hell do I do? Like, it's a massive city and a gazillion people there competing. And, you know, the other side of the whole industry, nobody actually really totally knows 100% what they're doing, right? Everybody's just kind of feeling their way, groping their way along until an opportunity uh, meets them by chance. And 
you know, I, I applied for UCLA's TFT program for their acting for camera. And that was a pivotal moment for me because it's like the validation that I needed professionally from people in the industry to say, yes, Charlie, you're not crazy. You can do this at a professional level. And working with, you know, amazing uh, actors and directors, you know, like Wendell Pierce, uh, Jennifer Aniston, Amy Ryan, Sasha Gervaisi, and, you know, many others. So to get that validation was huge. But at the end of that, I was like, you know, now what do I do? Uh, Long story short, you know, did some more small kind of small time things in LA, but the pool is so wide and deep in terms of talent that it's hard to penetrate. and, And unless you look like Brad Pitt or something, which, you know, I'm not an ugly guy, but I'm not Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> so finding my, my niche, anyway, long story short, my wife was not digging LA and, and we decided we're going to leave. We had little kids. So we, we uh, relocated to Georgia and uh, I've come to find out that Georgia is another place that had really strong tax incentives and was building the infrastructure to be called, like they're calling themselves like Hollywood South. And a lot of amazing shows were filming here, like Ozark, you know, Stranger Things, and many, many more. And uh, I move here, get an agent, and I start getting auditions for these shows and auditions like I'd never gotten before. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I, yeah, I booked my first TV show, uh, Dynasty, booked a few other things, Christmas shows, and this, that, and the other. That's where we're at today. I mean, we're struck, but I, like I said, I have a commercial call back after this call, actually. So fingers mm-hmm. crossed, right? Fingers crossed, what's Dynasty about? About a rich family who live like crazy people, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I think they uh, it's now off air, but it was a reboot of the show from the 80s where, yeah, this this rich family is fighting for power, basically. And I just, I played some businessman and had some couple lines or something. But great experience, you know, All every right. experience counts. All right. So you were a businessman, you said, right? You were cutting out there. You're a businessman, you said, in the character for Dynasty. Yep. Got to wear a suit and get all gussied up. All right. So it was kind of like your Dallas, right? That show? It's very similar to that. Yeah. Okay. Dallas Dynasty. What about the two shows merging? Why not, right? <laughs> well, Dallas, Wait, they I... tried to bring back and it lasted for three seasons until it got canceled. Yeah, that happens. Yes. And a brutal side to the business. Yes, yes. So, yeah, Dallas got canceled. What's his name? Did die too, anyways. What do you call it? the original actor? JR. <laughs> Yes, JR died. Do you really know who still shot JR in Dallas? <laughs> I don't I don't think anybody does. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Doesn't Dynasty have that type of similar ending? I, I think so, minus the murder. It was just oh. more like it's it, it was kind of a racy show. Like we were literally gonna watch the show with my kids and we had to turn it off because <laughs> they weren't ready for some of the scenes. <laughs> Is there a, another character you'd like to tap into? Yeah, I, I love, you know, like a lot of actors, I, I can play a good villain. It, it's actually fun playing like a, a jerk or a sleazeball okay. um, just because it's just, I don't know, it's something to bite into. <laughs> All right. You're not a jerk now. <laughs> I try not to be, but it, it's, when somebody gives you the green light, it's like, you know, camera's rolling, be a jerk. It's like, <laughs> hell yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> 
<laughs> but off camera, listeners, he's not a jerk. He's a nice guy. He came on to our show today at the last minute I asked him, and I'm surprised he wasn't a jerk to me. <laughs> no, you seem like a pleasant fella from St. Lucia. Yes, yes. Background St. Lucian and Jamaican. So listen, what's your message to these other actors? What do you want to tell them? Yeah, I, I would say, look, I'm in my 40s now. And I had I had a casting director in New York tell me in my 20s, she was basically like, because it's like I was in this in-between phase where I'm not a cute little kid, but I'm not like a grizzled, you know, man. I was just kind of like this baby-faced man-child. <laughs> and she was like, it's not going to happen for you until you're in your 40. And I was just like, I don't want to hear that. That's like 20 years from now. Dang it. And uh, she was right, though. Uh, so I would say that you have to have a long view with this, right? And you also have to have a humility uh, about you. And, and every, every, every aspect of your life matters, right? Like, be happy. Build a family. Do what you want to do. Like, build a business. Just have life experiences because that's only going to add to your ability to what you bring on the screen. Um, and I would say, yeah, ha have a way to support yourself beyond this because very few are able to make this their full-time thing, right? I have even, I've known stand-ups who, you know, they've been on like Fallon and, and Kimmel and stuff and literally the next day have to go back to their office job. And that's just the reality of, of things. So I would say, don't give up on your dreams, dream, but also have some practicality uh, built around it. To have a sustainable life. All right. And what do you want to tell the listeners, the Met Radio listeners? Because you did have that Toronto connection. Oh, man. I, I think Toronto is one of the best North American cities. Uh, it's got food, art. Only thing I don't like about Toronto is, you know, come February, those brutal winters, man. <laughs> my, little, my little Louisiana butt was freezing. Um <laughs> But I, I think it's a great city. I, one of my favorite bars, I think, is Say What on Front Street. You know, great shopping, great town. Love, love Toronto. Hope to get there again soon. Mm -hmm. And listeners, he did live in Toronto for two years, right? That's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. Got the Canadian experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms just in case listeners or maybe other actors or actresses have questions for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Instagram, it's Charlie D. Newell. And same on Twitter, Charlie D. Newell. All right, all right. And to what to look out for you in? I know you got a call after this, but they can look out for you in Dynasty, right? Yeah, well, I mean, an older episode for sure. Okay. Um, and hey, once the strike ends, who knows, right? Okay, okay, okay. Any final things you would love to tell Matt Radio 1280 AM? In the words of Journey, don't stop believing. Keep going. Don't stop. There believe it. Is. it. <laughs> and that's to you too. Don't stop believing. I'm not gonna, man. Okay. Till maybe. the wheels come off. All right. And maybe we will get to see you again with Sean Penn in another movie where you will get more lines this time. How about that? I'd love it. Yeah. Sean's a good dude. All right, all right. For Met Radio 1280 AM, I am Donovan LaCroxy. I would love to thank actor. You can throw out your name again. Charlie Newell. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode. Thanks, Donovan.